You walk into the cafeteria with the bag lunch your mom packed for you. It's loud and crowded, and you're overwhelmed as you search for a place to sit. After what feels like an infinite amount of time, you hear your name being called and turn around to see a classmate that you've played basketball with during gym class. You eagerly walk over to the familiar face and sit down, where you're introduced to an array of other students who seem to enjoy basketball as well. Suddenly, your cafeteria nerves are calmed by this new community you've found. Everyone can relate to this desire to feel included, like you're a part of a group that accepts you. The Christian writes no different. Hi, I'm Becca L, and in today's podcast, we're going to discuss the importance of community in the formation, mobilization, and progression of the Christian right. Tracing back to the origins of this soon-to-become-influential and strong-minded group, we look towards Suburban Warriors, a book by Lisa McGurr, one of the primary sources used for understanding the Christian right. It takes a focus on Orange County and the formation of the Christian right from the bottom up. The political origins of this group can be attributed to ideologies like the desire to minimize government presence and anti-communism. Yet it can be ultimately determined that the successes of this group were not their goals or policies specifically, but instead the formulation of a community around said goals. McGurr makes a point to emphasize the importance of grassroots conservatives in growing communities to the foundation of the Christian right. Without these grassroots activists and small name presences, the people would not feel an individual connection to the Christian right because it wouldn't feel like a community that they belong to. People want to feel heard and involved, and the existence of this movement within the common folk has provided a base for higher-ups in the Christian right to have a platform in the first place. It's like our table of basketball players. If it weren't for them, the coaches and athletic directors would have nothing to lead. The players are the core of the operation. This sense of community has only strengthened over time, especially as the Christian right has increasingly felt marginalized by society. Now you may be thinking, the Christian right marginalized? But they're the ones with the privilege. And if you're thinking that, then you've hit the nail on the head without even knowing it. In Strangers in Their Own Land by Arlie Russell Hotchild, Hotchild details how members of the Christian right feel that everyone is receiving attention and aid from the government besides them, leaving them in the dust. It's not that they want the government's help, it's that they don't necessarily think anybody else should get it either. This notion that they're now being the ones hurt by society only pushes the Christian right further together because they see themselves as the only ones they can depend on. They must rely on each other because nobody else understands the struggle that they must face nowadays. It's like they were the popular kids at the cafeteria for so long that everybody gave up trying to be them and created their own paths with the help of the administration. So all of a sudden, it's them who have become alone instead of everyone else. And from their point of view, they haven't done anything wrong. So why are they the ones falling down the social ladder?
what about progress? How does community play in there? We frequently hear of people being exiled from the community if they don't fit in to the standard ideals that are expected of the Christian right. And while this is true, and those struggles should never be minimized, there can also be instances found where members of the Christian right turn inwards and create sub-communities to help explain new phenomenons that may not be explicitly outlined in religious writing, but that they want answers to. One of these communities can be found in Kelsey Burke's book, Christians Undercovers, Evangelicals and Sexual Pleasure on the Internet. Burke uncovers online communities that discuss things like pegging or cross-dressing and how these sexual deviances fit into the Christian community. Unlike homosexuality, these things are not explicitly prohibited by the Bible, leaving room for discussion and interpretation. Within these online communities, alternative ways of exploring oneself and religion can be allowed, and in some ways, this openness to newer thought is a form of progress. Without a community to confirm the acceptability of these concepts and ideas, these concepts would most likely always remain repressed. Even just having friendly faces to steer towards in the cafeteria allows for a sense of calmness, because you know you're supported. While the Christian right is definitely more complex than your typical lunch table of basketball players, the human instinct remains the same. Community is integral to the being of most people, and it was and is an integral part of the Christian right as well. You've been listening to an episode of Transforming America, a podcast about the religious right, its origins, people, ideas, and the way it's changed the political and social lives of all of us. Transforming America is produced by Lehigh University students working together to understand the Christian right and share it with you in short episodes like this. Please join us on this journey. Subscribe to Transforming America so you don't miss the dozens of other episodes in this series.